This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. From SEMA 2015, it's Universe Podcast. We get uh, Jason Connor stepping in for co-hosting duties, and we are brought to you by Magnaflow this week. And you're going to hear that several times because we're doing a lot of pat- podcasts right out of the Magnaflow booth. Oh, absolutely! And this morning, uh, right at 11 a.m., after sprinting across Las Vegas, we have the boys from BBI, Tim Barisha and a- and AJ. Was it right? Correct. That's correct. All right. So, what the hell are you doing here this week? Okay. So SEMA. Everybody knows SEMA. Uh, what a headache. What an awesome event. Oh, yeah. So leading up to it, you're always you're always in that whole, okay, it's the SEMA push, it's the rush, it's all this stuff. And we we actually, we work with Optima Batteries, and we, we end up doing this race called the, the Ultimate Streetcar Challenge yep. after the SEMA event. So it's not like we can just slap a car together. We have to actually build these things, go test them, go run them. And then AJ and I drove it out uh, yesterday morning. We left Huntington Beach right. about 4 in the morning. Beelined it out here, 110, 115 miles an hour. Oh, we don't know how that goes. No, 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 no. No, and ended up getting here in time. Put the car in the booth, cleaned it up. Looks good. Now we're ready to run it at the end of the week. But you know, the other five cars that we bring, or the other 15 cars that other people bring, or other car builders have to do, and and then the headache is is shutting your shop down, trying to get it done yeah. because you have to push away the stuff that actually makes you money. And and then uh, you know hit hit the SEMA rush. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's not obviously we're not running a shop, but I mean we shut down a lot of the other stuff that we're doing as far as talking with podcasts and setting up new clients and stuff like that, just because the entire week before is lost to setting up SEMA and for us booking interviews and getting all the logistical stuff done. As I'm sure it is for you, yeah. only it's probably a month for you. Right, right. Yeah, it's about a month. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Optimum Streetcar Challenge. So what, tell us a little about the car that you brought. So we brought a, it's pretty cool. We brought this car called Project Swan. And okay. uh, it's it's a 997 Turbo, 2008. It's kind of old school. But we took a GT3 in, engine, twin turboed it, so it spins to 9,000 RPMs. Yep. But we put little tiny turbos on it, so super, Instant super, boost. Yeah, it's just so much torque and so, rea- uh, you know, responsive. What turbos uh, did you put on there? Uh, we put a set of tile, well, they're, they're a cross between a tile and a zona rotor. Essentially would be, oh, they flow about... 490 pounds per hour so they're they're you know they're good for about a thousand wheel a pair of them oh that's all yeah they light off quick and in a 3.8 yeah Yeah, yeah. it's a a 3.8 liter uh our whole bbi package and it's kind of based on i don't know if you guys know but we 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 compete in the pikes peak uh hill yeah 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 i've seen that car the uh, zord car right so jeff zord pilots that beast up the mountain and this engine is to Actually, great success, I must add. Yes, he he's an animal, and we, you know, not to toot our horn, but we ended up getting first place in class last year, which was awesome. Yeah, it's um, great when you watch the dash cam footage. There's the BBI logo right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Uh, so he he ended up piloting that car to first place in Time Attack One, which we were the second place overall gas powered car, fourth overall in the standing. So you had two electric cars before. Yeah. Reese, Monster, yep. and then you had uh, uh, a purpose-built kind of 
wingy mid-engine monster and then us yeah so we're still quote-unquote a production-based car in theory in theory yeah but i mean at the end of the day you can kind of take the uprights and take all the suspension and the engine and the trans and bolt it into a factory 911 i mean you guys are working you know with your some of your parts that you guys build that are bespoke to yeah. your cars and but a lot of the other stuff it's parts that you can buy from other mm-hmm. people it's just exactly it takes the knowledge of somebody like you to put it together no that's the coolest part is that a lot of this stuff can just go immediately on a streetcar you know yeah. all the all the subframe mounts all the engine mounts trans mounts everything kind of it kind of just it, it just transfers over right and, um, so other than you spending the time actually building that motor and then you know all the suspension work that you guys have done on that and t- everything too what are the actual parts that you guys have developed specifically for that car if you could talk about uh, our entire suspension line. So yep. we we have billet lower control arms, billet uppers, um, uh, tow links, radius arms, all this stuff is. And we we commissioned a company called ERP to do it all for us because mm-hmm. they they're deep into it. That's all they do is suspension. Carry over there is a is a genius. And well, so we, and it's not like you guys have a full service machine shop at your at your place. No, in either. One day, but right now, yeah, yeah well, right now, a, we are, all little boys grow up wanting a CNC. Yeah, okay. everybody wants a CNC machine. Oh in their, God, in their, I want a five axis. So yeah, bad. oh yeah, who doesn't want a five axis in their shop just to like watch it run and cut I want one in my living room, dude. Yeah, I know. The, the hum of a machine and the smell of coolant, you know. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, we, we'd love that. But um, so we commissioned them to do all this stuff, and he's he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, he's he's dialed in, so we trust it. Jeff, driving the car up the mountain, trusts it, you know, and, and we've had zero hiccups with, with all the suspension components. Uh, we had some hiccups with the fuel system in the past years. But that's anytime you build a big power car, it's always the fuel system. Right. Always the damn fuel system. No, exactly. And I just did this thing um, with the drive network on heat, heat management. And, yeah, and, yeah. You yeah, went and shot with that, that and Zach, and yep. you did that because they're doing the engineered series. Now. Exactly. Yeah. And it was so cool because actually, while I'm talking with them, I'm thinking about the shit we had. Can I say shit on? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Say whatever. Yeah, I can say shit. All right. Yeah, I'm talking about. And thinking about all this stuff that we had to kind of overcome. And by year, by year, by year, it just came back down to trying to manage heat. Whether it's yeah. the fuel or the, the, the intercoolers or the, the radiators. It's just, it's all heat. Well, brakes, I mean, brakes, tires, everything. And we're seeing the best, I mean, the best and the worst prime, prime example of that right now with all the Z06 failures mm. in the press cars. Oh, yeah. Is it they're overdriving that supercharger and they don't have enough cooling I mean, on it's there. Like, it's like... Watergate for heat. You know, it's like the thing is, is everybody just they they throw a number out there. But I my my thing is, and my saying is, is how fast do you want to go for how long, right? Yeah. And it and it really takes. I mean, it's so simple. Just think about that. Yeah. And it's so simple. But uh, we built the Pike Speed car to go nine minutes, nine plus, ten minutes, yeah. ten minutes. Hopefully not. But we, if you ran it for half an hour, it'd probably be boiling over. The, the thing yeah. would be like yeah. like a nuclear, just fried. Yeah, yeah, gone. But uh, we're actually building the car now to run um, run sprint races, and and you know we put bigger coolers, bigger intercoolers, a bigger heat exchanger, uh, bigger radiators. We're doing all this stuff just so we can run the thing 30 and 40 and 50 minutes, so we can go do you know historic events or go do Goodwood or go do yeah. uh, Lacuna Seca and just beat on the car. Um, the car is violently fast and it and it handles so well. That all you want to do is push, 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 but you can't dissipate that heat fast enough you yeah. know and well and and so, nine, that's the that's the biggest problem with the 911 is it's you don't have any frontal area for dis, you know, for displacing heat really i mean you've got it's a little bit to not have any you know what yeah. i mean and then you're trying to take advantage of the little 
little uh, area that you have. It's just it's it's hard, but yeah. it's cool. I mean, it, it it really pushes you. So yeah, it's. I mean, it, and well, the thing is, is people always bitch about you know like a prime example of engineering always advances when you've got big roadblocks in front of you. Like, the emission stuff is why we have the crazy power that we right. have now. Yeah. It's because we all had to overcome it and we got lazy with our it's carburetor. It's efficiency, right? Right. And that's that's the whole thing. So and when you've got those walls like you're hitting against yeah. with the cooling system now, now you're going to go build a system to go run 50 minutes, but that means when you had to run it two minutes, it's going to run like a motherfucker. so much more efficient. Yeah. yeah, and so, for example, when AJ and I were driving out yesterday morning, I mean, literally, we're doing, on a closed course, by the way, we're doing 110 miles an hour just cruising, mm-hmm. and the car's getting 32 miles a gallon. Yeah. It's a 911 that makes 900 horsepower at the tires. Yep. So and we're getting 32 <laughs> miles to the gallon at 110 miles. So the my thing, 280 horsepower focus was getting 26. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for you. That's but terrible. the thing is, what, what did we do? We built an engine yep. to be efficient, right? Yep. So when you're not on the throttle, this, this thing is just this beautiful mill that Ooh. just cranks along. And you're barely touching the gas. You're going 110 miles an hour. Injector duty cycle is so, I mean, it's just barely kissing some fuel in there. And this thing is just hauling ass. Well, you're sitting in is six. Is six overdrive still on yours? Or? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, not anymore. Not on that car. Yeah. Not, we're 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 at 4,200 RPMs the okay. whole time. But the engine is just making. It's just in a sweet spot. It's just so. Well, that's like it's so effortless. I took my Fiesta this year because I went driving with this monkey. Right. But uh, usually I'll take my vet out, and that'll do the same thing. Where I'll be in six at like 110, 120 yeah. allegedly. And on a closed course, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's spinning at fifteen seven to seventeen hundred mm. RPM, that and must I do be nice. thirty something miles per gallon. Yeah, you know, it's it's so relaxed, especially especially if you leave SEMA theoretically at three o'clock in the morning on a Thursday or something like Just that. Just saying, yeah, you, you can maybe get back to LA in about two hours. Right, <laughs> nice cool temps outside. Oh yeah, the DAs are perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were um, we we're cruising, and we the the night before, uh, Jared, our engine builder, and our um, our calibrator he was just dyno tuning so it was like 18 miles a gallon on the dash you know by the time we got here it was 31.2 so essentially we were getting a little bit better than that and i was telling aj i'm like could a prius go 110 and get 32 miles to the gallon hell no no the thing would be like well maybe i don't know no. that be but no, it couldn't go it couldn't go 240 i think it'd do 115 i think that's max the faster i've gone in the prius was heading to the texas mile and we're going 112 as hard as we can and uh the, the well, you know, <laughs> I mean, it felt like we were going 200. It was awesome. Well, it's like, you know, when we were coming out yesterday on the closed course and, you know, the yeah. 1.6 of my Fiesta, it's doing 22 miles per gallon because it's never in vacuum. It's always in boost. Yes. Always, always in boost. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing with turbo cars is that so long as you're not in boost, you're running the same as you would a normally aspirated, especially with modern ECUs that know that you're going to go, you know, you're going to go with a nice stoic mix right. when you're off boost. Exactly. And it changes it from that 12 to 1 to 14 to 1. Yeah. And they're smart about it now. Yeah, absolutely. And I kept looking. I kept pl- plugging in the Cobb access port, and I kept looking at it. And I was like, we're, everything is beautiful right now. We're, we're, we're 14, 5 to 1. I'm barely touching the throttle. We're going 110 miles an hour, and the thing is just freight training. And I'm yeah. getting 32-something miles. It's so cool. Is it's the second you hit boost, you go from that fourteen to one ratio down <laughs> to the twelve to one yeah. ratio. Yeah, and and right yeah. there, it lights off. Yeah, we were we were we were pulling a couple gears out here watching data, and um, every time we shift at, in in the middle of the night, huge big old fireball at the back. We're getting two miles to the gallon when we're on throttle, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but we we averaged thirty two. That's thirty one, awesome. thirty two. It was good. It's, but. So, transmission-wise, are you still running a PDK, or did you switch no, over to a no. sequential? So, this car, last year in the Optima Challenge, I took our buddy Eric's car out, and that was a PDK, all-wheel drive, 
traction control, ABS, ceramic brakes, monster. Right. And I got a, and I got third place overall, you know, by the skin of my teeth. And just wheeling the hell out of this poor little car. Uh, it didn't have enough tire under it. The thing was kind of a porker. It's 36, 3,700 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... This year, we, we built Project Swan, and, and, and touch, circling back, we talked about Zort and all this stuff, but the engine is based on what we've learned with, with some of our high-end stuff. So uh, we built a car called King Kong. It makes about 1,600 horsepower at the tires, roughly. Right. Um, it's running on E85, and this car has the exact same engine, but with little baby turbos, a little small fuel system, small intake manifold, but the... The block is the same, so I know if we road course this thing, we could just beat the death out of it, and it's just going to keep asking for more. You know, so all right, yeah. you know, oh, cute, twenty-two pounds of boost is cute. You know, on pump gas, <laughs> we're running Kong's cry at forty-two pounds with the same exact internals, which is crazy because on a three—I mean, on a three-point-eight-liter motor, you don't hear boost numbers like that mm. very rarely outside of, you know drag cars right so we built this car uh we converted to two-wheel drive we put a huge front tire on it big front flares stock rear flares uh all gt3 cup car suspension bramble brakes the whole bit you Mm -hmm. know um and it had you know we touched earlier on on our our street cup line so it has everything the pikes peak hill climb car does under this car and it's a street car and the thing rides so nice on the street you know it's amazing. That's the funny thing that people always think that to be fast, you need to have a rough, stiff suspension, and compliance is everything because compliance means traction. That is exactly right, and there should be no compromise, right? Every, it, when I do uh, dampers on a GT3 or something like that, the customers call me and email me, and they say, "Holy crap, the car rides better than it did stock." It's but as soon as you lean on it, you have the platform; it's supported. You have. But firmness, but, but not it's harsh. Almost, it's almost like you machined the top of all the bumps in the roads and the little turtles off, so you don't have that harsh, jarring feeling. And right. I think what some of the manufacturers do is they, they build that into uh, the dampers to make it feel like you have a sports car, which you really don't need. Well, I think it's it's to satisfy that perception that a lot of people have, too. I mean, we know it's wrong. We empirically know it's wrong just based upon our experiences driving them and your wins and you yeah. know with these cars. But it's just, everybody just has this, like, if it's not bashing the shit out of your kidneys, it's not right. Yeah, if your, feel, if your feelings aren't falling out of your teeth, you're not in a quote-unquote race car or something like that. You need a compliant chassis. You need something that really, really puts the power down and the braking torque. I mean, in a 911, if you don't have the dampers right, you can hit bumps in a brake zone and, and bounce the front end off the ground, you know? And that's, yeah. I've driven some really, really horrible 911s that... Oh, I'm sure you've gotten all manners of car through your yeah, truck. All of it. And, and you're just like... The customer comes to you and say, oh, I would like 800 horsepower. Hold on. No, no, no. What we really need to do is we, we need to balance this chassis. We need to get you some braking torque down, yeah. you know, and we need to get this thing dialed in. And then we'll, we'll, work, on, we'll work on building uh, building the motor up. You know, that's the easy part. Right. Making horsepower is so easy and it's simple and we love it and it's all good. But putting it down and making a car that's, that's actually prepared for that. And power is always the easy part. It is. Power is you throw parts and money at it and yeah. power is done. Boost. You Boost know? and fuel. And it's, then there you go. And that goes for any car. People just don't spend the time that they should on their chassis. Yeah. And even if, it's, even if you're doing some old muscle car or something, throw subframe connectors on is the first thing you do. Yeah, exactly. It fixes yeah. so many other yeah, problems. Tie, tie the front and rear, you know. Like, exactly. I, I did my 67 Mustang the same way with my old mig welder it looked like i was welding with coat hangers and batteries but you know it's it's that it yeah. did so much for that car and then i put a rear sway bar on it on even on the you know the live rear axle it still did so much for traction 
you know? And yeah. It's, it, it's, it's your foundation. You yeah. can't start without a good foundation. No. It's like, you know, if you were going to build a house on a hill and then just go, eh, we don't need to level it. Eh. You know? No, it's, it's all good. Who needs? Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But um, anyways, back to that car. We're... We're feeling good about it. It's not. It doesn't have the PDK. It doesn't have the awesome launch control. It doesn't have the all-wheel drive. But it's a raw experience. That, I mean, when you when you lean on this thing and you're going, you know, around a corner on a racetrack mm-hmm. and you feel it hitting the bumps and that chassis is just planted and you you see your apex and you're irresponsibly getting on the throttle before you hit the apex in a 911. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's 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 hard to get your mind to start working that way. I think. That's, I think the best way to do that is go rent a Sebring convertible and imagine the opposite. <laughs> yeah, and go in reverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's exactly, you know, it's that it's that confidence you get when you have that solid chassis and you hit a corner yeah. and there is no body movement. There everything just feels linear versus that, you know, shake and that shimmy you get in other things which is the, the which unsettling is scary. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, our job is to inspire a little bit of confidence in in you know the end result. You know, so when you take one of uh, a BBI prepared car and you go throw it into a corner, that pucker factor that you used to have, you kind of start to relax and you say, "Holy crap, I can drive this thing now." It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can really lean on it. I can. It's it's pretty cool. Um, but that's our job. Yeah, I mean, and you guys have been famous for it for quite some time. I mean, you're in Huntington. You know, if you're in the area and you want to go see some cool shit, go stop by the shop. I mean, you guys always have cool cars in there. We have fun always. there. Yeah, we have we have a great bunch of customers, good crew there. Everybody is uh, everybody's pretty awesome. So it's it's a fun it's a fun gig we got going on. There. So uh, do you still have the car uh, I affectionately call the power bottom in there? Uh, the Matt's Mustang. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt's Mustang still at the shop. We're waiting for some headers. Um, he's got some coming out. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna connect the dots. You, you've had, all, I mean, and you're doing it just because you love Fox Bodies, yeah. right? Yeah, and I love Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. we work on them every damn week, you know. It's just, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just that car. I mean, that was the car when we were in high school. You they, me? they were getting cheap. Yeah. You know, we're all in that, you know, that 30 bracket yes. where it's just, they were starting to get cheap and all of our friends had them. It was either that or F-Bodies. Yeah. My buddy, Big Johnny, we call him Moose. He's actually here now, too, from Washington State. Him and I learned how to drive irresponsibly in the rain up in Washington State. And mm-hmm. he had a he had a Fox body, like a 91.50. I had my 67 Mustang, you know, welded the differential up and just boiled the tires everywhere we went. And everybody thought we were maniacs and idiots and all that stuff. Little but, did they know that we'd become a televised event in a few years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that that was going to take us there either. I thought it was going to take me to jail or in a grave or something. But, you know, we're, we're here. You know, but uh, no, that's the, the the Mustang, the rear drive, the front engine, the well, it's just so it's just a, such a juxtaposition of what you guys usually have in the shop. Yeah, I mean, you've got a front engine Mustang, an American car that the chassis you can go and buy one for six or seven grand that's in good yeah. shape. I mean, it's it's quite literally the opposite of everything that you guys are working on. No, it is, and you know what's impressive is Matt threw me the keys to the car. He goes, "Go drive this thing," and I immediately got nostalgic. I immediately the, the, it's camming, it's bouncing around, yeah. you know, it's like, and then you get on a throttle that makes no power because you know three hundred eighty five force, whatever. But you turn it, you throw that thing into a corner, and that car is so once again chassis unbelievably hooked up, and it just makes you want. To just go wail. I, I, I mean, immediately want to go to Button Willow. I immediately want to start, you know, ruining the brakes on that thing because I don't think it has enough brake. But it has the chassis under yeah. it. You know, it's like it's almost like who cares about the engine? Who cares about this? Like, for example, Kong, uh, our customer, 
He drove, I, ha- I have a, a Boxster, a 2000 Boxster I drive daily. My dog sits in it, there's drool everywhere and dog hair yeah. everywhere. But we did, we dialed in the suspension. It makes like, I don't know, maybe did 100. You, there was a there was supposed to be an interesting motor swap going into that at one point. Did you ever do it? No, we, we, uh, we opted out. And I'm, not, I'm being coy for a reason because I know you didn't want to talk about it before. No, we're, we're, we opted out of that. So it, it is still my daily. And Kong has two cars. His daily driver makes 1,200 horsepower at the tires. Is that the is that the Asian dude? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's actually here. We'll, we'll probably bring him in one of these days. Yeah, his cars are badass. Yeah, they're I've, awesome, and he he's got yeah. everything. He's got an NSX. He's got a, a an FD RX7 with an LS motor in it that he road races. He's got a, a three rotor that makes like fourteen hundred horsepower. He's got uh, all this fun stuff. Yeah. He took my he he came into town on Saturday. Took my Boxster up uh, or take a highway and back. You know, just for a, cr- a cruise because Jared and. And uh, Jonathan, the guys who work at DBI, they they go out every morning or every Sunday morning, and they just rip up and down the mountains and have breakfast up top mm-hmm. on their bikes. And they, they both have Ducatis, one eleven ninety nine and one twelve ninety nine, kind of golly. But Kong, Mister Horsepower, takes my hundred and forty horsepower beater Boxster out, and and his ear, his his cheeks are sore from smiling because he's like, holy crap, this thing's got a chassis under it. Yep. It's so much fun to drive, you know. And and uh, that, I think that's everything, you know. I, I grew up driving a, a 100 horsepower 944, you know, and we, we SCCA road it, raced it, and it was the time of our lives. And it's cliche at this point, but it's the slow car fast thing. Yes. It's the same thing with, you know, my Fiesta, and you're, well, your focus is not, you couldn't really call it slow. You couldn't really call it slow. Why? Why can't you call it slow? It's, it, I did a little bit of work to it now. What do you, so, let's talk about that. What so do you have? I, I did some work with Mount Tune on it. So oh, I initially had the down in uh, Santa Ana? Down in uh, Mountain Valley, they're yeah, moving right. uh, somewhere else. Something G14. We'll talk to Ken about it later. Yeah. Uh, so uh, initially had the MP275. It was the carb test vehicle for California and the first warranty friendly MP275 in the country. Wow. So from there, I got tired of warranty friendly tune. Yeah. Uh, so added a whole bunch of extra stuff to it: charge pipes, turbo back exhaust, uh, and then I did there. Randy, uh, their tune over there, did a uh, stage three. He was cops guys for a year. So now that ran, it, it's running, it's you know. Car friendly tuned, yeah. yeah. So there's that, and then I'm uh, I ran E40 for a little bit. I actually had Matt drive on a one take not too long ago. That's awesome. Uh, but it E40 is just hilariously uneconomical. It is so bad. Thirty percent, right? We went 61 miles driven, and I was down half a tank. Yeah. It was terrible. Uh, so I just I really really that was it was pretty bad. So uh, I had to jump that back to 91 before we ran out to uh, uh, the run today because I was like I'm not going to be able to find 85 anywhere. Start doing my math everywhere. So it's about uh, when we dynoed it, it's about 265 wheel horsepower on uh, on 91 right now, about 355 torque. That's that's really good. That's it's, insane. Actually, it's not it's not too for a 3200 pound car. Not too bad. Uh, has their club sport suspension. I'm working a few other things to try to step it up. Get the dialed in the KWs. Bit, get, get a dialed yeah. a little bit more. And if, I got to break in. If people noticed a little change in the audio right there, I just noticed that one of the knobs got kicked a little bit. So I apologize if it was up a little bit before. Hey, you know, but we're we're, we're uh, we just got set up. This is podcast number one. Yeah. So Am I good. really podcast number one for SEMA? Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm going to give you guys a hug. You are this is great. Today. I so love it. I do have a question for you since yeah. you brought up the Boxster Daily Driver. Yeah. i got a friend of mine, Brad Brownell, Universe and all that kind of stuff. He has his project Brad Sport. Yeah. So he's doing, he has a GT3 wheels, Sport Cup 2s. He's doing things to his Boxster. And a lot of people want to have, I mean, that entry-level Porsche. And the yeah. Boxster is just it. 
what would you recommend for somebody to do to get a nice Canyon fun car, not really caring too much about the power, but if they can get into a Boxster, what would you recommend people do? Listen, my Boxster, I have to admit that I drive one daily, right? I bought it for like four grand. It's awesome. Which is the best thing about them now. You can buy a really nice one for under $8,000. Yeah, so we, we re- literally, the guys in the shop took it from me and took my keys and just said, okay, we're going to make this thing reliable really quick. Replace the alternator, the belts, did a service on it, clutch, flywheel. I think I think we did a lightweight flywheel and a clutch on it, but we replaced the intermediate shaft because that's the... That's Achilles' heel, right? That's yes. the that's that's, well, that's the elephant in the room on that short car. Of, if it's not a GT3 or a turbo, that's the Metzger problem. Yeah, exactly. So we did that, and the single most kind of eye opener was the suspension. Mm-hmm. We did a proper damper on the car, springs. I put uh, Cayman 19-inch wheels on it, and as you're talking about Sport Cup twos, and um, you know I I left the stock rotors, stock calipers, but I did a Brembo pad like a ts20 on it okay um and the, the thing is just such an animal i mean i loan it to my customers sometimes who so br- drop off a gt3 and they go rip on ramps or whatever they drive it home they come back they holy crap this thing handles so good i mean if you get out of a 911 and you jump into a boxster or a cayman or anything like that it ruins you because you're like okay mid-engine it's got the support it's yeah. got the platform it doesn't give you that that, that, that intimidation factor. It's just as what we try to do with the 911, it inspires a little bit of confidence, and it's just it's just a well-sorted platform. Well, Porsche finally gave us the car that we'd all been screaming for for a long time, was put the bigger motor in the, in the Cayman. And yeah. they finally did it with the GT4, and they sold them all in like three days. Right. Uh, that, that's a... That's an awesome car, by the way. I mean, it's such... So you've gotten... That was going to be my next question. Have you gotten time in it? Yes. we. I've gotten time in the GT4. And everybody keeps crying about gear ratios and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, the gear gear ratios are too long and all. I don't think so. I, when, when are you... You know, when do you need a shorter second on the track, you know? And yeah, if, you're, if anything, and it, you want a longer one so you can keep it in gear. So we, we sent the car immediately to Mitch over at Cobb. They got another 21 at the tires on 91 octane. And... Here we are at at Carrera power levels, right? Mm-hmm. And the, you know, which is now like what an even four hundred about four fifteen. Right? Yeah, you know, and all of a sudden those gears don't feel that long because you're ripping through them so quick, and you can you can uh, you can really. I mean, if you're if you're complaining about sec- your second gear ratio on a racetrack, you, you know, I, I I don't know. I, I think I think having a long second and usable power is 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 there. I, I think yeah. everybody. Everybody fixates on shortening up their gear ratios, not taking advantage of torque, especially on a 3.8 liter like that. You well, know? Yeah, I mean it's the same thing that it's the same thing that, that Corvettes done and Vipers have done for years and years. Is that they've got the low down torque? Why go and try and wind the shit out of them when you can keep it in second and third? And like second in my car is good for like 115 or something yeah. like that. So it's just like, what, what more do you really need? Yeah, if you have if you if you can lean on the car hard enough. And you have the torque there. You can get through a gear. You know, it's 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 kind of nice to have uh, that that long usable power band. Yeah, I mean, you know? if they were still using the two seven, I could see if they were yeah struggling yeah. struggling for third. You know, but this thing just rips through the gears quick. Everybody says, oh, it's a eighty two mile an hour second. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's great. You know, the car just it uses every bit of it. Yeah, just get out there and carry a little more momentum because the, the chassis is under you and have a good time. Quit complaining about gear ratios. Learn to drive the car. Yes. yes. You know, put a good differential in it, a nice chassis set up, and I guarantee you're not going to be able to outrun that chassis. You know? So, differential. So, yeah. what's the story on it? Uh, right now... Is it an open diff? 
it's, from the factory? No, it's it's an it's a factory LS. So the the transmission. A lot of people what they've been saying is um, we need to go switch back to the non S two point seven liter transmission, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has shorter ratios, which I can get for for short track, you right. know. But um, or if you're an autocross right. or something. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I kind of want to talk about differentials and chassis and everything real quick. Yeah, so it, man. the nine eleven, it's pretty cool. The the better the chassis gets, the more open that differential gets, and the wider the front tires get. So you get a lot more forward bite. You know, it's um, the differentials open up more, so you can actually get on the throttle mid corner, you know, on exit without mm-hmm. it just pushing off the outside of the track. The car's hooked up, you know, and you don't need as much differential now. You know, the tires are lasting, and and as you look at the RSRs, the the, the cars are becoming square. They they have a yeah. That's the interesting thing that we've taken over the last three years is. People have finally started to realize that the closer you can get to a square stance, the better. And some cars are full on, like the the new GT three fifty R. I believe that's right. No, it's not a square stance. It's, it's close. Though. Yeah, it's a it's a what a ten inch wide front or no eleven front, eleven and a half rear. Yeah, I think it's two ninety fives in the front and three oh fives in the rear. But I mean, it's something. a half inch difference. Yeah, so, you know. And we were talking about that last. We were, we were actually talking to the guys at Carbon Revolution who built the wheel. We right. went out to dinner with them last night. We're talking about that, and he said it's interesting that you say that because. Yeah, it's not the hot rod thing where you put a huge back tire on it and nothing up front. You need that support. You get that thing a little bit of forward bite and uh, a proper differential. The thing's going to go around corners. You're going to get to the throttle early, and you're going to have a really fast car. I mean, that car's running lap times similar to a GT3, yeah. a GT350, for right? A, R? For a hundred grand less. Yes, I mean that's a that's a so pretty awesome. spectacular car. Yeah, it's, you know, and, and I'm and you know and now between. You know, Al Oppenheimer running the Camaro program right. and the Ford Racing guy. You know, it's going to be real interesting to see what the Camaro guys. We're come back, back in '71 with the Trans Am days. Yeah. You know, I mean, because did you did you drive the Z28? I did not. I heard it's an amazing car, Gee, though. It's a race car. Yeah. It is a race car. Those spool valve shocks are <laughs> no joke. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, serious. And, it's, and I think it's, I think it's either a 295 or a 305 square stance. Yeah, it's 305s all around. Is what I saw on, last on time. P0s. Yeah. So they're not fucking around. No. You know, and that's. That's what I want. I that want car to came to party. On, yeah. yeah. That, so and it's great because now the Mustang guys are at it with GT350R, right. and we'll get a new Z28 in probably two years, and right. we'll see what they're doing there. Because we're sure as fuck let down with the with the Z06. It's uh, it just bothers me. Yeah. Um, I had a little uh, issue with a Z51 at Willow, uh, and it wasn't. I mean, obviously it's standard Z51. I don't know if, if it was. Just, I don't. I don't think it was my driving. I think it was just. It was being beat on by journalists all day on a, on a mid eighty degree day, which mid eighty degree day shouldn't really affect too much. But it it had a little bit of heating problems, uh, and I just let it cool down just and now they well, took the what car. What was the issue you had? It just overheated. Engine, mm-hmm. huh. which is weird. Just, on it's cool temp, just one. max cool temp. Just got up to max cool temp. I I limped it back to the pits. Now justified, they they let it cool, went out and drove on the street, and then it went out and ran the rest of the day. I just happened to be in the car. You happen to be sucks. the guy. I am the guy. Yeah. And well, they probably looked at you. Yeah, you don't know how to drive. You're, this guy, this guy, this this journalist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but up. we get back to the fundamental things of like you were saying, cooling being yep. one because we got to be reliable first, and then chassis, and then I would say, and tell me if you agree or not, after chassis braking. Yeah. Once you get those done, add all the power you want, but you got to have those things done because you don't have brakes, you're going to go off the side of the cliff. Right. Because you're going to be dumb. We all yep. are. Uh, and chassis thing, I mean, it just inspires confidence and lets you know what's going on with the car. Hey, yeah. If you can't feel what it's going to do, then you can't get the most out of the car, and you just can't get the most out of the road, and everything. it just trickles down. Yeah, tires are super important, right? So having a chassis that, that, that communicates that language from the tires to your to your ass and your, your hands on the wheel, 
the chassis has to do a lot of work to, to, to give you that, that information back so you can then do what you need to do behind the wheel. You know, it's, I, think, I think tires, wheels, brakes, it, it's just, it's not, I wouldn't say it's overlooked. It, right. it definitely isn't, you know, but it, bang for the buck, you can't drop a grand on, you can't drop a thousand bucks on a chassis or tires and, and just light your hair on fire where, you know, you go buy an access port on a turbo car and all of a sudden you have a hundred more wheel horsepower. Right. There, you're starting or to feel things. headers on a V8 and you pick up 30 to 50 horsepower. Right, right. Yeah, and you, you, you toss the stock exhaust and you put a lightweight system on it and then all of a sudden you, it sounds better, it's lighter, it's breathing, yeah. you're making power. You know, I think that's one of those things that you end up, uh, you end up kind of hurting because a bang for the buck, the seat of the pants running around right. quite isn't quite there but when you get it on track and you just this repeatable abuse you can you can deliver to this car I, I think that's where you'll start seeing it and, and we preach these things and it's because we've been in a million things and we've been on racetracks and we've we've done a lot of stuff and we've seen a lot of stuff but I totally get the guy that hasn't been in 50 to 100 cars in a year that just gets in the car and goes, well, I think I'm going to go over to Vortec and buy a supercharger. Right. You know, which is fine. You're going to enjoy it, but there's more to be gotten out of it than just doing it. People want immediate satisfaction. They yeah. want to see when it, the immediate result for what they're doing. Right. And if they're not pushing tires, you're not really going to feel it well, right it, You just said it's feel and see. There's two different yeah. things. You want to feel an immediate result, but when you look at your lap times and all of a sudden you you, you, you put a proper chassis under you and good brakes, then you're going to see the result, yeah. right? You're, you're dropping seconds per lap, and you have consistency, and you can keep pounding on this car because it can cope with the heat. It can cope with the... the well, that, that comes back to the, you know, the Porsche format. Is that Porsches are rarely the most powerful cars on the track. Usually, they can be up to a couple hundred horsepower down. I mean, when they're... Porsches, I mean, usually when you go to a track day, you're going to get Porsche, you're going to get Vet, you're going to get Vipers, and those are your big three guns that are going to Some be BMWs there. sprinkled Some BMWs, in there. Yeah. You get your odd M3, yeah. you know, but even then, they're, I would say, as great as they are, they're not as track-focused as those other three are. Um, and the Porsches have no problem because, you. I mean, even from the fact that before somebody like you guys comes along and, and you know, works on the suspension... They're so well sorted, mm -hmm. you know, much better than I'd say pretty much any other manufacturer. I mean, they I think they invest more in their chassis than pretty much everybody, other than maybe short of McLaren, right? You know, which no, I think I think you're right. And what I love about a 911, a Porsche, is that they are so robust. You can just beat yeah. the daylights out of that car. I mean, pound the poor thing into the ground, and all it does is ask for more, and it rewards you. So drive me harder. Go hard, you know what I mean. It's yep. it's just such a robust platform, and it gives it's it's such an amazing canvas. You know, it, it makes our job I want to say easy, but you know, it, it makes it it gives us a good platform to to build on. You well, know, especially if you're working on a co older car, like you know, like the one that you guys uh, the the car that you enjoy built, his car, yeah. the one that had it was completely stripped out. The great thing is, is that's so light. And the tires are still small-ish by our standards that of the other stuff that we work on. Right. You know, that it's a car that the consumables aren't so expensive that you can't go out and worry about enjoying it. Versus, if you take a thousand horsepower car out to a track, I don't care if you've got a lot of money or not. It still stings when you go, "Oh, that cost me fifteen hundred dollars to go to yeah, the you track." Snap an axle, or yeah, you're boiling the brakes because, right. like, yeah, Joey's car, for example, uh, we've never changed the brake pads in it. And we've run the same Brembo yeah. pads as long as the life of that, that car. That car weighs, what, maybe 2,500 pounds? 20, 
twenty twenty one ninety. Jesus, that thing sucks. Yeah, it, it makes three hundred five horsepower at the tires. It's got one of our gnarly little three point six liters in it. It's so loud. Yeah, it's it's not it's pretty awesome. It's him and I did a uh, we we road tripped it up to San Francisco. And, oh really? Yeah, and in the middle of the summer we did this like road rally and yeah. we we pretty much zigzagged from I five to the uh, one hundred one back and forth mm-hmm. through the mountains back and I mean just kind of literally made a thousand mile trip out of it. And just had the time of our lives. We were beat to shit by the end of it because, you know, no AC, no radio, no not, nothing. Yeah. You know, and and uh, that hurt a little bit, but it was so much fun just ripping. And it would it have just, been easier to drive when we were like twenty. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we would have been all for it. Oh yeah, yeah. We're hardcore now. I'm like, please give me AC. Got it. Yeah. I'll. I don't care. Give me. I'll take the forty five pounds. You know, to have the the, the, air the condenser. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. That to me is the funniest one. When people often like the GT three or like the Z twenty eight. No, I don't want the air conditioning. It's I don't want like, a radio or, or air, AC. I'm like, really? Okay. Forget the radio. Put headphones in. But just do the AC. You're in a car that weighs at least thirty six hundred pounds. Forty to fifty pounds of air conditioning. You're not gonna feel. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you're going to be so happy. And your wife you will did. punch you in the face if you take her on a summer drive in that thing, too, oh, yeah. you know? No, she just won't go. Yeah, she's just like, all right, you're on your own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's pretty... The, the weight and the horsepower, so back to the 911s, it's just, they're so robust, you can just pound on these cars, you know? And every time we build or work on another another platform, say a BMW, say a, a Corvette, for or example. Mustang, or, or, yeah. or I've seen the odd Gallardo over at your shop. Right, right. Those things just, if you really lean on them, game over. They yeah. heat up, you know, and it's, it's their, it just, t- it takes a little bit of tweaking, you know, then you can really go do a fun track day in them, and, and BMW guys and, and Lamborghini guys, I'm not saying anything bad about your car, so I don't want emails, but I'm just saying... You know, you have to address that stuff. They're built more as streetcars. It's right. just a matter of fact. They are built more as streetcars. And you know what? It's exactly what they're built for, right? And with the, there's nothing wrong with that. A no, Gallardo, absolutely you not. You take a Gallardo out for the day, you're going to have a damn good time. Yeah, yeah. And, and the sound, and you, you have a, you have a, oh, a V10, V10 bolted V10. to your ass. It's it's amazing. I love that V10. Yeah. May, that might be my favorite production motor. I mean, and, it just sounds, makes such a good And, and you, you watch the evolution of that engine go from, like, 400 and something horsepower up to 600 you know it's just i think it, it's like 610 now yeah or something like that uh, it, it, it just it's it's a pretty impressive package and then you look at the guys you know like hefner and all these guys uh underground who are twin turboing these things and putting putting a good set of rods on them and getting 2,000 horsepower i mean not just with the set of rods but right i mean they make the world's fastest accelerating cars we were talking know? about those cars earlier and i'm mm-hmm. like could there be an easier design to turbocharge aftermarket? Because the the Look, the, cell, the, yeah. the manifolds right are there. literally at the bumper. Yeah, you just take the bumper off, remove the foam support, and then just weld up some turbos and then do your tuning. I mean, obviously, there's going to be more to it if you want to make it really robust. But, yeah. but the hardware as, side of it, it as that's turbo really piping, smart. That's the easiest car I've ever seen. No, and they do such a clean, awesome. So we go out and do like some some of these, you know, with Shift Sector and the yeah. Texas Invitational and all. Were that you stuff. out uh, a couple weeks ago with Matt? I w- we weren't. We were uh, SEMA prep. So. Ah, yeah. We we weren't there, um, but you know you look at you look at those Lamborghinis and they're, they're effortlessly just hauling ass. Those cars, and, I, and I, maybe I shouldn't say effortlessly because yeah. everything takes energy and effort and all that stuff. So don't get me wrong, but you've got a good canvas. As I talked about yeah. the 911 for the track car, you know you've got a good canvas to start with. It is the best. It is the best. What a five and a five and a half liter V10. Yeah, the things in even if it's making. Two thousand horsepower. Half of that engine's only making a thousand. You know, 
That's that's. I I, I say that's only nuts. making a thousand, but the car is still sleeping. You All know, the fast runway cars. I mean, a good portion of them are Gallardos. Yeah. Uh, GTRs. Yep. Ford GTs, and the odd C5 Corvette. And sometimes you, you sprinkle yeah. in a 911 in there. You know. Yeah. yeah. You just don't see them that much because it's easier to do with more displacement. Right. You know? Yeah. Displacement's awesome. So. We, we built a, a 4.25 liter GT3 engine that spins yeah. 9,000 RPMs, run on pump gas. It makes almost 500 wheel, but that displacement is what got us there. You yeah. know, it's like on 91 octane, the thing's making almost 500 at the I tires. Think you guys in Sharky are the only ones making motors that big. Yeah, Sharky does a 4.1, which yeah. is a very robust engine. Um, we're doing that 4.25 with an offset ground RSR crankshaft. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a couple other guys there's, that that are doing. But some you guys, between the two, you guys, you guys are the two big names, really. I'd At like least to, in the states. I think. Uh, that's cool that being being bundled up into that group. Yeah, I, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, no, but it is it is fun. It, we we get to push the envelope with that, and you know what, Sharky, they do amazing stuff. You know, and, and super you know, it's nice cool. Guy too. Oh, super nice guy. Him yeah. and I were were talking at Magnus Walker's place about. Um, just talking about the the industry and 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 we were just laughing our asses off and having a good time such a cool guy he's a purist he gets it he loves he loves you know he loves what he does he's, he's so unassuming he is quintessentially british yeah yeah 100 yeah uh, i want to go eat fish and chips and drink a pint with him yeah and so he's he's a super cool guy i actually really want to do some business uh, some business with him you know back oh, and i'm forth. sure I there's think- there's, sure some, there's plenty of room. Yeah, I, yeah, and him, I touched on that a little bit, but you know, I think I think there's room for that. I mean, you guys are perpetually busy. So are they. I mean, it's not like yes, you're competitors, but there's only so much that you guys can both take on. So it's not it's not cutthroat, right? You know. Yeah, and and it's you know what's fun is being being a competitor to a business like what he's put together. Yeah. It's it breeds competition, and it bre- and it makes you want to step your game up every day you wake up, every day you go to work. You want to. You want to push a little bit harder. You want to do something a little bit better. You want to do this, and I think that competition breeds the the driving force behind some of the stuff we do. You know, and mm-hmm. and I think I think anybody in the industry, whether you're building a Corvette or a Lamborghini or anything, I think everybody can associate with that. You know, like if you Absolutely. have some good, healthy competition that you mutual respect between, you know, shops or or industries or something like that. You take it in any industry. I think that's what that really keeps you on your toes really breeds that that driving force to innovate you know and uh, you, nobody wants to become stagnant you know so and some of these markets did i mean certain cars they do just kind of stagnate it's the same thing over and over i mean as much as i love evos it's the same thing every goddamn year with them really you know? if they don't, I don't, I don't, if they don't know, break they're not running see, right. i don't know much about that that market but you know it's almost like you get okay so we, we we occasionally work on a Subaru every now and again just because some of our customers have them. Right. And I look at and some they're of the, fun. You no, know, yeah. they're great. You know, and you talk about Evos. But I look at what ProDrive does and their products. Even their little battery hold down is a piece of artwork. Yeah. It's beautiful. And and they're getting pennies for that thing, you know. But their yeah. little battery hold down. I just saw it. Gold anodized, machined, beautiful piece. And I'm just like... Man, that I, that is yeah. that is awesome. You I'm know? gonna at some point I'll bring uh, my Fiesta down because it's been the guinea pig for a number of people, and I've done a lot of work on it myself. So you, but I feel the same way with the Mountain stuff. The Mountain stuff is oh like, Mountain. I mean, the, okay, so shit. not to interrupt you, but yeah. it was cool to have Olsberg's rally team with when Tanner was when when Tanner when Tanner was driving for them, you yeah. know, across the way. It was cool to have. Uh, it was cool to have. 
them across the street and look at what Mountain was doing with the power plants and, and the, the tuning and all that stuff. Those cars are unbelievable. Yeah. And you want to talk about cooling. Yeah. And you want to talk about efficiency. And you want to talk about... You take a rally team. Rally teams, they're... I mean, yes, you get some great engineers across the board. But those guys build the coolest shit. They really do. And yeah. when you get these Mountain guys... I mean, they, they bring all 30 years of, of rallying experience into it, and it's just the stuff that they build, you look at it, it's overbuilt, and then you look at the TIG welds on it, and it's just like, was that the by robot? Nope, nope, we've got a guy in the shop in England doing these by yep. hand, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. You know, it's, I look at their stuff, and in the Ford, you know, hot hatch market, they're selling stuff that is of the quality of the stuff that I see in the 911 market. It's oh, yeah. fucking amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. And, okay, so... They're making on the rally cars, on the GRC cars. You know, the, they're the Fords are making. I don't know, 600, 650 horsepower, yeah. roughly. Yeah. Restricted. Yeah. Restricted. Out of a two liter. Yeah. Or a one six. And that's restricted. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And they're keeping them cool, and they're just beating the death out of these things. I, have you played? Have you gotten to play with a? Uh, oh God damn it! My, I'm having a brain fart right now. Uh, Come on, man! Come on! Launch, we can help you. The launch boost system. I can't remember where you actually throw the gas into the. Uh, into the manifold. Analog. Yeah, the analog system. Yeah. yeah. Rain fart this morning. You no, know, no. We, <laughs> yeah. We've played with that a lot in the 911 with Cobb. Uh, we actually turn the boost down a little bit. You know, yeah. we, we can we can play with it depending on the tire you're running. If you're running, uh, you know, a street tire or you're running an R compound, you can you can kind of tune it. But it, it's impressive. I mean, it's like, it literally is like getting rear-ended by a truck when, when that thing takes off. But it's isn't it just... It's really not feasible to run on. It's super hard on the on the seals and the turbos, basically, right? Bends. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is, but I mean, well, I mean, for a race car, you're changing out the turbo probably every couple of races. Yeah, you're anyway, servicing right? them, you know, yeah, and you, yeah. if especially if you're running like a tile or a zona, you know, with a billet center section and and good bearings in it, they they take some abuse. Okay. I mean, it's pretty impressive what a poor little turbo goes through, you know. Well, turbos, I mean. Just a cheap turbo, it's amazing what they put up to. I mean, how many hundred thousand RPM right. in, you know, thousand degree exhaust gases? It's fucking insane. Yeah, it's, it's bananas. Especially oh. you're looking at the variable geometry turbos, and oh, yeah. they have moving parts in them while they're glowing, yeah. you know? I mean, it's pretty cool. And, and Porsche's been the first manufacturer to really, really push that. Yeah, outside of the diesel market and, and commercial vehicles. Yeah. Well, diesel's just been so far ahead of gas and turbos for a while. I just, I, I, think the, I think, you know, the diesel for the last 10 years the diesel market has been paving the road for the for the gasoline engine you know have it's like with the direct injection and the the variable geometry turbos and, and you know all that stuff it's like have you had a good chance to sit down and talk with uh with uh Gail banks no you know what okay so let's see how old was i reading hot rod magazine back when i was like 14 and 15 years old mm-hmm. that guy was my hero still is unbelievable so I begged him. I, I did the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill about 10 years ago, three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and they built that truck. They built a diesel. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. I begged and begged and begged. He, basically, his crew chief was like, who, who are you? Stop calling us. I wanted to drive that thing because I was obsessed with diesel. And I still am. You right. know, like, AJ, he has a BMW, a 335 diesel. And the thing will outrun him. I almost him. bought one. Yeah. yeah. It, it sounds like a Cummins. You know, it blows black smoke everywhere. It will outrun any... Almost not any, but it'll outrun a stock M3. I mean, I, I, they're tuning them there's, now. There's but. one kicking around Europe that's like 500 horsepower. They put the M3 panels on it. It's insane. And it actually, for a straight six diesel, they sound good. Oh, his car sounds insane. Everybody looks at it. Like in a parking lot, it sounds like, you know, you're taxiing in a jet with the turbos. And it's, <laughs> it literally sounds like a baby Cummins diesel, you know, with straight pipes. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but Gail Banks, I mean, the guy's an innovator. He's 
Yeah. His crew and what he's done is unbelievable. And, you know, one day I'm going to get to sit down like what we're talking about right now, and I want to yeah. pick his brain because I think. Okay, here's what, here's what I promise you. Uh, I've gotten to be pretty good friends with Gail over the last few years. Yeah. Next time, next time he doesn't show up at the PSD studio, I'll give you a call. I just want to hug the guy. I'll you give know? you a call. It's like, Thank you for kicking ass. You we'll know, have you, we'll have you guys both on at the same time, yeah. and you'll get a chance to finally sit down and have that conversation. Oh, uh, be prepared. We, we for literally geek. just like ran in and just ran him on the way. He's in this hall. Literally, be prepared for a geek fest, and you know, awesome. you know what? Our fans love it. I love it. So. That's awesome. Okay, so obviously, spend a lot of time with Porsches, and we know you love the Mustangs. But we all get tired of doing the same thing all the damn time. What else do you really want to go and poke your nose into while you're here just to kind of see what else is going on? Um, you know, to be honest, it's, it's boring as shit. But yeah. I, I, I'm looking at it's it's boring. I'm looking at shop software. I'm looking at, like, yeah. how to how to become more efficient, you know, how to how to really, you know, run run BBI instead of, like, a tuning shop, run it like a real business, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I'm, I'm saying that because sometimes in our aftermarket industry, I mean, imagine some lead times, right? Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell a customer, your car will be ready in a year. They, they, they want to shoot me in the face. Right. But I don't have the manpower, you know, to, to, to do 18 projects in three right. months, you know? And I don't think our, I don't know, I, I think if we can sharpen that side of things up, you know, that's, that's why I'm here. I'm going to go look around. I'm going to look at trying to be more efficient and right. i want to see what the gail banks of our industry are doing you yeah. know i want to look learn at, from him and like steve yeah, dinan and those guys that are running like, like dinan another pioneer car steve dinan you know what's cool about steve dinan actually you're touching on that um i got to talk to him when i used to work for porsche motorsport we're at um st petersburg in florida mm-hmm. on a world challenge race and i was i got to it was cool because i got to help develop um and be a part of the first launch control in a 911 i mean Essentially, all we did is interrupted a wheel speed sensor, yeah, and with a with a button on the steering wheel. As soon as that wheel speed sensor said five volts, timing. no, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd limit it to five thousand RPMs. Okay, and then you'd get going, and then as soon as you got a little bit of traction, you'd let go of the wheel, that momentary button on the wheel, you know. But he was there, and he was him and I were talking. He like I said, he'll never remember me. He doesn't know who I am. But we were talking, and that guy blew me away. It was pretty impressive. And then. You know, we were working on Daytona prototypes back in 03, 04, 05 with a Porsche Flat 6, you know, trying to make 540, 560, 580 horsepower. And he's got the M5, the M5 V8 in that thing yeah. and just kind of, kind of kicking the shit out of us, you know, and, and effortlessly. Once again, displacement helps. Yes. Displacement. No, it, it does. So we're strung out. We're giving that thing everything it can, and they're restricting those things. Yeah. And that car that car will go a whole season, you know, and we're, we're giving it everything we have. So... It was cool to talk to him and kind of pick his brain, and he was very open with information, you know. Um, but to me, you know, like I'm 35 years old. These guys are been doing this as long as I've been alive, and it's really, really cool to be bouncing around in the same, I, I guess you'd call it a bounce house as they are. You well, know, it's, you know, and the thing is, is we've all gotten to the point where we have, we all have the baseline of knowledge, and we all understand you know, this is what you do to get the chassis line up. This is what you do to make power and all that right. stuff. But now we're interested in the point of how do we get these businesses and grow them and how do you manage this people on your team and all that stuff. We're back to, we've got the cars down. Yeah. Now how do we manage our lives and our companies and everything to get everything running better? Because those are the questions that you spend five or ten years figuring out the technical stuff. Then you spend the next 25 or 30 years figuring out how to run the rest of your life. To be honest, making a car fast is easy. Yeah. 
it, it's building a car is fucking easy. Building a business around that, a sustainable, honest business, yeah. that's the hard part. You know, you've got I've got employees who have families and kids and mortgages. That's to me that consumes yeah. my thoughts more than making a 911 go fast. You know, because that comes naturally to us. You know, it's uh, making sure that everybody's got we're, we're all gear, and, No, we're all gearheads, yeah. right? And when when we went to school and they're they're talking about business 101. And we're we're asleep in the back, drawing pictures of trucks in the mud or or, or not, not, you know cars burning out. And yeah. All I'm thinking about is going to lunch and how far I can do a one one wheel peel down the street, you know, in my '67 <laughs> Mustang, you know, blow up my differential. We're not paying attention to that stuff. And and here here we are. All we're trying to do is chase our dreams and do what we love. And now you have to now you have to put up and deal with that, and you have to address it. And not only do you have to address it, you for better damn sure make sure you have a paycheck for your employees at the end of the, the month you know you have to have insurance because they have kids and babies and pregnant wives and 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 homes and their own lives that they re, you know they they're yeah, looking and, at and you sometimes you got i mean like i got guys that work for me and you know the thing is is that you've got to be and not only that you've got to be able to deal with the unpredicted that somebody broke their leg for the you know and they're going to be out for a month and you got to be able to pick that up or, with everybody else. Or every or, time the bridge port turns on in the back and you're hoping that somebody's not wearing a glove and tear their finger off. Or right. I mean, I'm not saying it's that bad. It's not like we're working in a coal mine. No offense to coal miners. With, but, and you're not working with stupid people. But accidents can still happen. Yes. And, and, and that's where your focus starts to go on the day-to-day. You know, And then the weekends, you know, people ask, why do you like going fast? Why do you like going to the track so much? Why, you know, why, why do you do this? It, it's a release. It's connecting back with what you're truly passionate about. Right. And I'm not saying we're not truly passionate about building a business and a sustainable program but i'm saying that when you're when you're really doing this you know it's like that consumes every bit of your focus so you have to hire the right people to execute the vision that you're all after right right you know and that's that's building a result at the end of the day somebody comes to you and they want a result exactly i mean and and we've seen many shops that do good work have had pr disasters based upon you know delays and things like that but such is such is the game, and, and you can't make everybody happy all the time. You just do the best you can. You do the best you can, and 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 then you wake up the next day. It's not about the competition. You wake up the next day trying to be better than you were yesterday. That's it. Right. You know, that, at the end of the day, that really is truly it. Is you wake up, and if you're not tr- being better than you were yesterday, or you're not trying to be, you better go back to sleep. You know, it's the, you, it, it, whether it's competition, whether it's your own business, whether it's the tax board, whether it's anything, whether it's I mean, look at the look at this show. This is not even a public show. Look how many people are here. That's our industry, you know. This is his first time, so he's. It, I, I mean, a, are you blown I am away? I'm a virgin, and I like walk through these halls, and I'm like wide-eyed. This is, this is I'm the craziest still, thing I've I, ever seen. I'm still. I'm on my way here, and I'm just looking around. Holy crap! Look yeah. at this industry. It's amazing, you know. And and somehow it, the show still gets bigger every year. Every year, right? And then this guy, we we get dropped off in our uber today and of course what do we get dropped off by the bro trucks yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm like okay this is this is gonna be interesting. And i'm like whatever and he's like, and i'm just like i know i just i'm just like i because it's the very first experience that i have coming into sema and i'm around trucks that are three times the size of me right like i'm tall I'm yeah like, but I'm that that in it. itself is crazy. probably a bigger industry than i'm in with the porsche oh, yeah, yeah. i mean that in itself is a respectable market and like it's it's like tailoring a suit you know it's like what, what do you want? How, you, you know, like, 
Tom Ford and, and Hugo Boss and all these people make a nice suit, right? Just like a Porsche and Ford builds an awesome truck, but you want to tailor it to, for example, you. Why, why, why is your Ford built up, right? Or you, you know, like you guys are obsessed with this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's what we, that's, that's, we are here to essentially tailor that package around you. And it's not, it's not easy, but it's not hard. Building a business out of it, and being predictable, a more, right? And keeping expectations right. real. Yeah, and you you look at the big companies like we're in Magnaflow's booth right now. Yes. Look at this place. I mean, is that is that what is what is that right there? What's that's creme. It, that, those are that's, that's creme, creme brulee. Is that creme brulee? That's creme brulee. <laughs> yeah, that's creme brulee. And there's like these these gourmet things behind me. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They're doing it right. It's, you know, and that's inspirational. And they are very gracious, letting us. You know, use the space this week. But I mean, think about that—that that, that they have taken their passion and built a, a viable, sustainable business out of it. Not only that, have excelled and shined in their own arena. I mean, to me, that's insane. I, I, I think it's awesome because I know a f- small fraction of what it takes to try to be successful in this in this highly, highly competitive marketplace. Right. And on that note, we do have to wrap up. Unfortunately, it's been an hour already. Holy Went crap! Pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, so where can everybody find you, Tim? Uh, BBI Autosport. Yeah, we're in Huntington Beach. My shop is... You guys uh, are constantly posting stuff on Facebook, Yeah, too. Yeah, check out uh, BBI Autosport on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, my doors are always open. The back, I pay extra for insurance so people can walk around in the back and, and you've hang out. always got cool shit. Yeah. Always got cool shit. Please come by and, and hang out. And Jason, where can they find you? You can find me on social medias, uh, Terminator Con, C-O-N-N. Also, I did that for Brad Brownell. Hey, Brad, <laughs> that's a shout-out for you, buddy. Just remember that. Uh, also, weekly Camden Tub podcast. Uh, we've been dominated by the schedule for Hooniverse, so there's no Camden Tub that's SEMA this week, so you get to hear the uh, the lovely sounds of my voice uh, on Hooniverse uh, yeah, for many, many podcasts. Voice. Hey, just, you know, yes. it's, uh, let's go Barry White on this. It won't be smooth. Come probably tomorrow. Yeah, you guys, no, I'll be, you guys are going to be yeah, terrible. Game over. We're going to be haggard. To yeah. And as usual, you guys can find me on Twitter at Hayes Data and at my company Shout Engine, where uh, if you want to get a podcast up and going, we will set you up. We've got the free plans, and we're going to be making some very big announcements about the expansion of the free plans soon. Uh, we made some big, big deals, and uh, this changed, uh, the service is going to be changing pretty substantially uh, and for the better. I think you guys are going to be very happy. And for, uh, you know, and for November 3rd, uh, this is the first episode knocked out at SEMA. Once again, with BBI Autosport, thank you guys for coming by. Thanks for having and, us. And uh, once again, thank you to the guys at Magnaflow for setting us up in this fantastic booth. You'll see pictures online. If you guys can see it, or if you're here at SEMA, come by and check this place out. It's, it's amazing. All right, thanks again, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.